This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Box. Pete Pawaga here, joined as always by my friend Mike Fortabio. Mike, how are you? Oh, I'm hanging in. Pete, how about you? Good. Uh, let the record show this is the second time we're recording this because Mike and it was and I almost just, the third because I think I just almost completely spun out of time. Yeah, we we completely spaced out at the beginning of this. Uh, but coming up, we have a great interview with North Haven coach Chris Avina. Uh, coach Avina has been around. You know, Southeast part of the state, he coached out in the FCAC, now he's coached at East Haven for a little bit, and now he's the head coach over at North Haven, and the Indians are playing really well. So we get Coach Ravina on to talk about that, and a lot of other stuff. We ask him some of the hard-hitting questions that are going around the state. My favorite, what is the deal with the FCAC schedule? Uh, are conference championships important? And does he think that the CIAC will consolidate down to two divisions as opposed to the three they have now? And we had a lot of fun with him as well. But right off the bat, Darian's number one. Mike, Once again. for how long? How long will they be number one now? Well, they're a unanimous number one, so you'd think that somebody's got to do something pretty sharp about it, but uh, one one never does know. I mean, it, it does seem, and I think we've said this before, it seems like Darian has gotten themselves up for the big ones. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, they've beaten Prep twice. I figure that's a good sign because very soon they're all going to be big ones. Yeah, so they beat Prep twice. They beat Notre Dame. We were at all yep. three of those games. Yep. Um. Well, you were at all three of those games. I missed the last one. But, uh, like you said, they get up for those games – I think that Darian will take the number one ranking into the tournament uh, in our poll. I think that that I think they'll take that into the tournament, um, and then I, you know, well, are they Notre the number Dame one team again in the, the end of the year? Happens, they get Notre Dame again. Yep, oh, US Dame in uh, in a, w- a week. Look how much. It's not this week coming up. It's the week after. That's the Monday. Really? After. Yeah, the twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay, so they have that. <laughs> they have. What do they have remaining? They have McMahon, Norwalk. They have Fairfield, Ridgefield, Notre Dame, and Trumbull. Okay. Well, I, I, I still am pretty confident Darian will take the number one ranking into the tournament, even if they lose to Notre Dame, because they've beaten Prep twice. Look, <clears throat> let's just Probably you know call a spade twice. a spade here. The Division One championship and being number one in the poll right now are two different things. Exactly. I think the number one team in our poll has been what it's been all year. It's been a three-team race. And it's whoever beats whoever on that week. Um, I think Darian kind of has it locked up now. They do have the two wins over Prep. Prep has beaten Notre Dame twice. Or once. once they're playing on Saturday. <laughs> Let me not get ahead of myself. Um, so they've all played each other, and Darian seems to have been the better team out of all of those games. But Notre Dame can go on a run and win the whole thing. So it doesn't, yep. you know, it's just funny that the I think we've settled on a number one you know, heading into the end of the season, which is nice. It took all the way to the second last week of February. <laughs> they they were number one too for a couple of was it three weeks I think before yeah. uh, 
before the little Fairfield prep run kind of vaulted them up a little bit, and then the head-to-head knocked them back down again. Yeah. Played an Look. interesting game last night. You know, they were a little they the flu kind of ran through them pretty oh, quickly. For prep. Fairfield prep and the flu uh, flu's running through everybody. Yeah, like. you know, it's funny we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and you know, there were those couple of games that were postponed, and you know, it didn't seem like it was. Yeah, really ravaging anybody else, and then you know the Trinity game, and then all of a sudden now it seems like everybody, everybody's, everybody's out. Aiden everybody's got been out for a couple games for Xavier and uh, the prep. Uh, prep kind of got hit up in Springfield. Uh, there, there were a couple guys last night that, that didn't play the first period, and you know came back in the second and and contributed and uh, kind of made that a little stronger game for the Jesuits. But uh, yeah, well, a three-one win over. <laughs> I'll tell you this: a team like Fairfield Prep can play when they have guys with the flu. Mm-hmm. If you have 10 skaters and you lose half of them to the flu, probably shouldn't play. Right. But um, speaking and then going back to Darianne, I saw them Saturday against New Canaan. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'll tell you this. That, that rivalry, you know sports in this state, you know that rivalry. And uh, Bo Johnson is a very good goalie, mm-hmm. and he will be a very good goalie in this state if he stays at New Canaan for his four years. Mm-hmm. He is unbelievable. Yep. He's also a freshman, and that atmosphere was wild, uh, it was loud, and sometimes when you go down one, then it's two, mm-hmm. then it's three, and then all of a sudden, you you know, it just kind of piles on, and, and Darian has three lines that can beat you, and uh, they had nine different goal scorers, nine, nine, they had more goal scorers in that game than Trinity does skaters. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. That, though, you know, there were some people commenting on Instagram like, oh, you know, you know, with the shocked eyes, like, oh, 10 to 2. So I texted uh, Dave Stewart, our reporter, and I was like, oh, that's 10 more points than the Darien football team scored against New Canaan this year. <laughs> do, do, um, but that Darien, they are, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Yep. They're, they're deep, they're fast, they're fun to watch yeah and, I mean uh, everybody Jameson Moore is yeah, <laughs> if it's not Jameson yeah. Moore it's Sam Erickson yep. I mean the two of them are just lights out yep. and Mac Bud is one of the best coaches in the state and uh, you know Schofield's Very coming into his own that's become over the last yeah it really has it's really you know it's funny we're sitting there talking about oh Darianne coming into their own this they've won two titles yeah. like a hand like Max like first two years right in his first couple of years with Darianne so this is a program that has won state titles recently. It's just kind of funny that we're sitting here and, you know, just 10 goals. Yeah. A top that is, four uh, matchup. Yeah. That's what that – that says – it says whatever you want it to say about those two teams, but I think it speaks volumes about Division One this year and how it is truly a three-team race. Like, I, I'm not a betting man. Um, because I'm terrified of losing money, <laughs> um, but like well, if you, you're not being paid well enough that you can afford. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this: uh, if someone came jokes. in um, and convinced me to pick, who's gonna like you know? It's like when you like look at the odds in in golf. It's like Tiger or the field. <laughs> you know, I'm taking Darian, Notre Dame, and Prep, and you can have the field, right? Because it's gonna be one of those three teams. It should be. I mean, any crazy thing can happen, but it should be. It depends on how the bracket works out mm-hmm. because our poll, obviously, and the way the CIC rankings go are completely different because the point totals and who you play and this right. and this. Like, you know, <laughs> if we get all three on the same side of the bracket, I'm going to throw a fit. Yeah, but, but 
we've seen things like that before too, which is which is tough. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if we can get all three of them at Yale, that would be amazing. Um, and then whoever the fourth team is, good luck. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to. You know what? No, I am ready to call it. I'm ready to call it. I, it's you know, I'm not going out on a crazy ledge here, but it's going to be one of those three teams. And I have all the confidence in the world in that. And maybe, hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, someone. You know, puts it on a shirt or something and, like, <laughs> tells me to eat it. But it just watching as much Division One hockey that I've watched this year, it's, they're on another level. They are on another level. Now, in hockey, you can anyone can beat anyone on any mm-hmm. given day. We've seen We've it. Seen you it know, Hamden, Hamden beat Darien this year. Yep. Hamden beat New Canaan this year. Yep. Um, Greenwich has beat Darien. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, they, uh, Ridgefield lost and didn't make it to Yale last year right. when they were undefeated. Right. So we've seen it happen. I mean, Xavier's been to Yale the last two years when they no one picked them to. So could Xavier go back? I don't think I one of the best they got one of the best players in the state on their team. It wouldn't be a surprise. Could ha- could Hamden put it together, get healthy and make a run? Well, who the hell mm-hmm. knows? Probably not, maybe not. You know, it would be cool. Buckley. But it, but it, it could very easily happen. That's just the way hockey is. Um, Great random we, number generator. Yeah, we talk a lot of D2 with uh, Coach Ravina, so let's skip over that. Just in D3, it's it's Sheehan's to lose, right? I mean. You'd think so. I mean, you got Newington in there too, which is a pretty solid yeah, but team and program. Um, if they could find a way to shut them down on, the, on, a, on a given day, sure. Newington um, was a couple are, seconds away from I mean, going to the championship last year. Yep. Mike O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy. So, I don't know. I and just think. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's there's some other teams that seem pretty competitive in D3, too. I mean, we haven't even talked about New Milford once this year. They're 11-4-1, excuse me. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, we saw them Hall last saw year. They, they they lost. They ran into Lyman Hall last year in the quarters. Yep. Um. I just, you know, this Sheen team, just the firepower that they bring. You think so? You know, they can score. They can mm-hmm. outscore anybody. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to. Sh- I think they're still figuring out their 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 goaltending, but mm-hmm. the majority of their defensive group from last year is back. Yep. Um, you know, other than Luke uh, Jake Festa, their entire offense is really back, and Jake Festa was really good. Like, let's not you know sure. ignore he was their captain, um, but you know. The younger kids are older, yep. and they're better, and yep. they have two seniors on this team, so this team's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole D core will be back next year, and their goalie will be a year older, and maybe they'll move to D two. Let's let's hope, but I really think Division three is Sheehan's, and if they don't lose, I think it, it would be a disappointment. I think it's the way to bet. Yeah, well, but we don't bet because <laughs> we can't. Nope. Um, all right, we're going to throw it over to our interview with North Haven coach Chris Avina. We, like I said, we talked Division Two, uh, all the great goalies, uh, some fun stuff, conference play, conference tournament, FCX schedule, you know, all that good stuff. So we're going to throw it to our interview with Coach Avina, and we'll be right back after this. Joining us now on the podcast, we have North Haven coach Chris Avina. Chris, how is everything going for you? Things are going. Uh, things are going great. Greatly appreciate you having me on and uh, giving us some time. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate uh, you taking your time out of your day because it's weird. We do these interviews, and I'm like, Mike, can you reach out to a coach? Like, well, who would be a good coach? And just I was like, all right, are they good with like noon on like the middle of a work day? <laughs> <laughs> well, we most of us have. Well, I know we do have practice in the middle of the day sometimes. So work is like secondary during the hockey season. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I it's not. 
I've heard that a lot from a lot of coaches. We had uh, <laughs> we had Sagnello on from Lyman Hall, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I I worked from home today. <laughs> yeah, of course. Good guy, good guy, Mr. Sagnello. Oh, absolutely, and another Division Two team that's really good. Uh, let's just jump right into that. I mean, Division Two this year just seems so wide open because. You have a lot of good teams. You know, Lyman Hall is a good team with depth. And then you look at yes. and you look around the, the, the Division Two, and you go, Brantford's got Yakimov. Cheshire's got Marangola. You guys got Sacco. East Haven's got Hamilton. You look around and you go, there are so many really good goalies in this division. I tell you, North Brantford, Denapoli is a good goaltender. Uh, I don't know the, the, the player from Trumbull, but he had an outstanding right. game against us. Uh, it seems like Division Two is not only loaded with good teams, as you just said, tons of good goaltending. We just got our All-State ballots a couple days ago. I'm like, I don't know who's going to get All-State. We're going to have a tough time trying to figure out who's All-League in the SEC Division Two because <laughs> half of the goalies you just mentioned, they're all in the SEC Division Two. Yeah, that is true. They're all SEC. And Dilmer over in hand, we didn't even mention him. I mean, Correct. It's, it's, you know, I've talked to a couple of coaches, you know, some D1 coaches, and they're like, the best goalies in the state this year are in Division Two. I mean, it how hard does that, that – yeah, it really <laughs> does, but how hard does that make it every day when you're going into a game and you're like, oh, we got this team. Oh, that's their goalie. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> well, I mean, certainly I would think that the player that's giving his team – wins almost night in and night out what you'd have to say is Marangola from Cheshire yeah I mean I watched I watched Tan take 52 shots on the kid and score one and Cheshire walked out with a 1-1 tie <laughs> uh, you know so when you play goalies like that you just got to get a little bit more creative you got to do things you don't normally do I mean if they're going to see the shot they're going to save it uh, we scored on him because we took a shot and we drove to the net it was like the only time we did it during that particular game and and we and we went in and we were lucky to walk out of there with a one one tie based on how he played and Andrew certainly was in net for us so that helped as well but you know you got to crash the net you got to get in their eyes and it's very interesting to me how kids are unwilling to get in the goalie's eyes from a screen standpoint they all want to you know stand on the side and swat their stick up and down but that's how you beat a goaltender of their caliber and when it comes time to the tournament. If you're not willing to do those things, you could have a better team and could be going home. Wait, so you're telling me guys don't like standing in front? That was like the only thing I was good at. Like when I when <laughs> I played, like stand in front of that. Hopefully, it hits me in like the leg or the butt, and it goes in the net. So maybe I shouldn't speak universally. I know we struggle. <laughs> I know we struggle getting guys in the goaltender's eyes. We practice it every day. Andrew demands it, it from us on a daily basis. And yet when a game comes, we still have some trouble getting that traffic in front of the net. You should just do them have the Sean Avery that he did against Bordeaux <laughs> like all those years ago. Correct, correct. <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't have that chippy, chippy edge guy, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I saw you guys the game before that Cheshire game, that uh, that game down at Wonderland against Fairfield. And, you know, you were talking, you, were, you guys were still looking for that fire, that intensity. Have you seen a little more of it in the last little bit with uh, three unbeaten or four unbeaten you guys down in the last little bit? We have. We've seen a little bit more fire. Uh, we seem to play based on who we're playing, as a lot of teams do, right? If you ever have that formula for success, you'd make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. But we always rise to the occasion. And not that we shouldn't have rose to Fairfield, but Fairfield's like off of our radar. They're not in our conference. They're not in our division. So it was just a game we kind of wilted into, whereas we played Sheehan, which is a little bit more, even though they're not in our conference or division either, but they came in 9-1. and one. 
we wanted to prove to ourselves we could beat a team that might be better than us on paper and we played with a lot of fire and desire that game and you know talk about good goaltending Andrew makes three or four huge saves down the stretch that keeps it a one goal game and we walk out of there with a W and you know we're hoping that kind of fuels us for the end of the year here because we have Milford and then we have Branford Guilford hand to end the season so we certainly have a lot of work cut out for us just a little bit um, yeah, well, it's good going into the tournament. We're playing the two best teams and a team that's been in Ingles Ring, it seems like, forever. Yeah. So, you know, within those three games, you know, not overlooking Milford, of course. Of course. But those three games for sure are going to get us. If they don't get us ready for the tournament, then we're not going to do anything in the tournament anyway. So it'll be a good test for us heading in. You know, you mentioned Andrew earlier, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's always <laughs> doesn't happen often, but when you get <laughs> – a, stampy, a state championship winning goalie who, who you know, moves into your town and, and transfers into your school and into your program. How big of a boost has he been? I mean, I've known Andrew since he was a freshman at Lyman Hall. Uh, great kid, awesome to talk to, outrageous, but when it comes down to it, just an absolutely amazing goalie, and he's a state champion. So he certainly brings that pedigree to the locker room. He, he knows what it's like to have been there, obviously. He knows what it's like to have to be a little disappointed too, right? Because his freshman year, they were a little disappointed in the tournament. And then last year, they did what they did. And I truly think that he was their best player in that state final game. So he brings the big game experience. He brings the pedigree of what it takes to win, the attitude it requires in the locker room, what a practice should look like, what the fire should be. And we don't necessarily have that. Like everyone wants to say that they have it, but let's face it, not everyone does. Yeah. So he brings that in and we let him run with that. We look to him a lot. We look to him to talk a lot. And he's more than willing to do that. And he's been, I would say, somewhat of the difference in our locker room. He's definitely been a difference in our locker room compared to our locker room last year. And so far, so good as far as the kids feeding off of that and, and performing when we hit the ice. Yeah, and he's only a junior. <laughs> I mean, the kid that, and he's only a junior, which is nice, too. Yeah, I want to say... Unless his... you're the sophomore goalie behind him. Then that <laughs> might not be so nice. That, that is true. But I want to say his freshman year, I think they went to the semis. Uh, no, they no. lost in the quarters, quarters. to Tritown, and Tritown right. beat because I was at Staples then, mm -hmm. and we were the number one seed in three that yes, particular year. We had we had Sam New, who was all world, had thirty Sam goals. New. Oh my yeah. god, I remember when yeah. he was a freshman. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so they lost in the quarters because they didn't make it to the final semis because right. uh, Tritown beat Enfield right before we disastrously lost to the Eastern yeah. Connecticut Eagles uh, right after And then that. Eastern, because Eastern beat Chain in the first round. Yep. Now it's right. all coming back to me. Yeah, Eastern showed up five minutes before puck drop, came out in warm-ups looking absolutely terrible. I was like, Sheen's going to run through them. And then after, like, the first eight minutes, it was all Eastern. That that was a good team. But, you know, he's got so much, he's got so much playoff experience already, even though it's only been two years, and that's got to be helpful for any team who's looking to make a run. Without question, again, he brings what it takes to get it done, and and not just that, but he's also been in the SEC tournament both of those years as well. Yep. So he has, you know, was it four last year, two the year before? That's six, eight playoff experience games as a junior goaltender. That's you know probably not too many players outside of maybe Fairfield Prep have that. Yeah. Um. And you mentioned you coached at Staples. You also coached at Saint Bernard. Bernard's? How do you pronounce it? Well, we call Bernard? it St. Bernard's. Bernard's, yeah. yeah. It can go either way, um, which no longer exists, by the way, which no. is kind of heartbreaking for us. Yes. But you've 
been around. I mean, you coached in the FCAC. You've coached in what, what? What's the conference called up there now? Well, we were. It, it, it was the ECC for a while because we had Fitch and NFA had separate teams than us, and then it, then we ended up going into the Northern Hockey Conference. Yeah, which I don't know who would be a part of that now. But back then it was Avon, Farmington, Northwest Catholic, Rocky Hill. Yeah. When I had left St. Bernard's, that was the conference. We actually won the conference that year uh, that I left. It was the first time that we had won it, and probably certainly not with the best team that we had up there, but a team that was good enough to win to win that. So yeah. um, I'm not around, sure what the you've conference You've been around is. the state a lot. Well, I, I I grew up in East Haven, and I lived out in Groton, and I had uh, you know the Nutmeg Games used to be a tryout basis mm-hmm. uh, for youth hockey, and it used to be Northwest, East, and South. And I had coached in East Haven for a couple years. One of the kids I coached, Dad, was picked to be the East Nutmeg team coach. He asked me to be his assistant. So we're the East. A bunch of the kids we had on our team were from Southeastern Connecticut. Mm-hmm. When I had moved up there, I had a parent seek me down and be like, we need to get you to coach in our youth program. So I did that for a couple of years. When I first moved up there, the kids I coached for two years had older brothers at St. Bernard's, and the parents wanted to revitalize the St. Bernard's program. The school basically said, we'll do it. We can't afford it. You have to fund it. The parents said, well, if we're funding it, he's coaching it. And that's kind of how I got into hockey. Uh, high school coaching up at St. Bernard's and I was there for 12 years before the family decided to move back to New Haven. Then I spent a couple years with Louie in East Haven because my yep. kids were there. Okay. Then I was done and quit. And then Marty Roos came to me one day at Northford and said, do you want to coach again? I, they, <laughs> they need someone at Staples. They've had a rough go at it, even though they lost in the state semis. There, there's a lot of uproar. I think you could go in there and help them out. And that's how I got to Staples. And then I wanted to get closer to home. And the atmosphere in Northford is just unbelievable. So uh, I wanted to be a part of that. And that's how I kind of got to North Haven. Second time around, I yeah. got passed over for Nick the first time. And then oh, okay. I almost didn't even apply the second time. <laughs> right. They should well. come to me and ask me. <laughs> they passed me up. And then I was like, yeah, let's not be an ego idiot. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put our application in for that second time. I think I missed the deadline. I made the deadline by a day. Well. <laughs> You know, your, sta- been, you know, your so staple, so your staple years. I mean, you, um, you took over a program that went to the state finals, then the state semis, and you know, you guys had the, you guys have. I don't know if you remember this. Your staples team that was the number one seed in three, in division yep. three, has the best season for a division three team ever against a division one opponent. Division one opponents in that schedule. That. Yeah, you guys went three and three. You guys scored 25 goals and only allowed 21. You beat St. Joe's, the Fairfield Co-op, and you beat Darien. Yes. That that's, I remember. That's pretty – I would hope so. That's uh, – <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big hater of the FCX schedule. I think it's a disservice um, to many of the teams. I think a team like that you guys had that that year obviously benefits you guys. But you that team was an anomaly when you look at all the numbers from past years – but how is it coaching in that where you have to go up and play a Darien, a Granite, or New Canaan? You have to go in with six games against Division One opponents. Well, it's hard because then you got to try and find games, and not that you're looking for winnable games, right? But you're looking for games that you can at least compete in before the puck drops. You know, some of those games you're out for survival. Uh, and even the games we lost that year, we lost to Richfield two to one, mm-hmm. and it was one one late in the game. 
and it was only 2 nothing heading into the third against Greenwich. So, you know, we found a way to play defense in our zone. We found a way to survive those games. We had good goaltending with Zach Bloom. Yep. Uh, so that always helps as well. But it's really hard. I mean, it, it, that first year was a struggle. You're going in there and you're like, oh, my God, can we just not get anyone hurt? Hmm. And can we just have the game be over at this point? Yeah. So I am in complete agreement that the FCX schedule is a disservice. There needs to be a happy medium. The two years I was there, they talked about changing it. Uh, some coach came up with a great plan, and the FCAC as a whole doesn't want anything to do with it, which unfortunately is a shame to the student athlete, Yeah, both the Division One and the Division Three. You know, Stanford and Trumbull any given year can compete with some of the guys in one. Um, but certainly, you know, they're okay, but it's the three or four teams in three, the four or five teams in one. There's a disservice when that crossover happens. Absolutely. Getting back to you guys this year, you know, we've, we've talked about Andrew. Who are some of the other guys that have stepped up for you guys at North Haven? Certainly Aaron Racino, uh, Eli Brubaker has stepped up really, really nicely. We had a sophomore join us. Jake Hines has had a very nice year. Uh, freshman Tommy Goudon has, has done really, really well for us too. And, they're you know now moved up to a, a second line type status and we've had we also have this junior Mason Sullivan who has scored numerous big goals in the last three or four games. He scored that momentum changer against Sheehan. He's had he had two goals against Eastern Connecticut, scored the game winner against North Bramford. So he's certainly scoring some big time goals. And then we have Donnie Fanaro on the back line, which isn't lighting the world up point-wise, but probably plays 35 out of 45 mm-hmm. minutes against all the other team's top lines. And he's changed the style of his play to suit the team, which I think not enough kids are willing to do. And the fact that he's done that this year, hopefully we could uh, you know, get him some all-state votes. But that's a, a whole other issue. But certainly Donnie Fanaro on the back line has done, done some really good things for us this year as well. <laughs> Yeah, he's a fun player to watch. You know, I, I caught a little of you guys last year and just watching him flying. And then, yeah, he, like you said, you know, just kind of – it is interesting seeing some of these guys change their – you know, say nothing, <laughs> maybe aren't uh, as, as willing to do it. But what's it say about a guy like him? And, you know, what what kind of things has he done just in his style to, to change it around a little bit? I mean, he's such a strong and dynamic player, and he always wants to do as much as he can. I think that's the thing, right? He wants to do everything he possibly can, but sometimes that can get you in trouble. Uh, Going to your backhand in traffic and then getting the puck taken away and putting yourself in a bad deep position, not getting rid of the puck when there's open ice, uh, when the ice in front of you isn't open and making the play off the boards to live another day just keeping the game more simple and allowing the kids around them to do their jobs. I think it's something Donnie's done this year to really elevate him, which is one of the reasons why we're having some success. Uh, you know, we haven't, we don't score a lot of goals, but we don't give a lot up. And I, you know, between goaltending and defense, him leading the way defensively is the reason why I think we are where we are. And, you know, hopefully we could turn it on a little bit more here down the stretch and do something, uh, you know, a little bit more than, than just win a few games. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely have that, you know, schedule power, um, you know, experience playing the schedule that you guys do. You have the experience in net. What is, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks going to be? You know, you got the four games down the stretch. I believe you guys have the SEC tournament as well. You know, how do, how the, how are you going to take the next couple of weeks to prepare for this tournament? Well, I the think States. we're certainly not – well, right, we're not – we're you know, we're, we're – 
of the next of the three SEC games we have left, Bramford, Guilford, and Hand, if we can manage to win one of them, I think we're in the SECs. Okay. I think we even have an opportunity that if we lose all three, we still might be able to make it based on what everyone else is doing. But one of the things we're trying to do is push the envelope. Uh, we were watching film just the other day, and defensively in our zone, we're still not where we want to be. We still put the puck in traffic when we have open avenues to get the puck out. And quite frankly, we have to generate more offense. Now, the last two games, we've scored five goals and six goals. So we're on our way, hopefully. But we have to figure out how to generate more more offense. And that requires a lot of hard work. Sometimes you think all the hard work takes place in the D zone. You got to really work hard in the offensive zone, too. And like we started the whole podcast out with, with the amount of quality goaltending in Division Two, if we don't generate <laughs> some offense, we're going to be in some trouble. Yeah. So I think it's just not not resting on our laurels, and I think it's really pushing the envelope as a coaching staff and getting us to be better and better every day, even though you, one would argue we're still pretty good now. Speaking of the, the SEC tournament, um, I am on record saying that I am not a fan of these conference tournaments. And it's not – I don't – I don't mind giving away championships on, you know, earning championships. I, that, that, that's not the problem that I have. The problem that I have is the extra games, the possibility of, of injuring or, you know, maybe peaking in a game that doesn't count. And Mike is adamantly against me. <laughs> Mike is very pro conference tor- tournament. But I get his point, but I just, I'd still rather. Like, I, you know, what do- I'm going to be again. I'm going to be against you, too. Okay. Just, just, just for the record. Yeah, that's fine. Is there a reason why I'm just, you know, because I've spoken to some coaches, like coaches in the SEC Tier 1 or Division 1 um, are adamantly against it. Like most of the coaches that I've spoken to, like that's why they play the one game, not the two. And, you know, we saw some kids get hurt last year in that game, and then the team bowed out early. So that's just kind of what my basis is of, of these conference tournaments. And I think you could have that. You know, regardless, anytime you step on the ice, the injury yeah. situation can happen. And if you didn't have those conferences, a lot of times guys would schedule scrimmage games anyway, just to stay sharp at that seven-day layoff that you might have from your last game to when the, the state tournament starts. I like the conferences because it's not all or nothing. Like, you could win a conference title and not win a state title. And I think that's still something to be said, especially FCAC, SEC. Yeah. There's something to be said for that, right? I mean, the FCI tournament, those guys never gripe. Those guys play it every year. They love it. Division One has the semis. Division Two has semis. Uh, so I think it's the excitement level. I can understand why the SCC, because those Division One teams play each other twice a year. Yeah. So they're playing each other twice a year. You could arguably play someone four times before you get to the state tournament and then play them again. Yeah. I can understand that. Like I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, you know, we technically could play Bradford in hand three times in 10 days. <laughs> right. God, Cause if we make the SECs, unless we beat Bradford or hand down the stretch, we're going to play Bradford or hand in the semis. Yep. And then if we win, then we're most likely going to play the other one two days later. Yep. And then we may not see him in the first round, but if we're fortunate enough to get out of the first round, Hand or Branford's going to be there right mm-hmm. after that as well. Yeah, but that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. I think. I to me, I just think one, it gets kids playoff experience yep. before the state tournament. 
So you're already involved in that atmosphere. So I think hopefully we should help you versus hurt you. Mm-hmm. But I could see why the SEC for sure doesn't want to play. I, I can I can see both sides of it. I actually like it. I think it gives you something else to play for other than just a, a state title or nothing. Um, and I just love the atmosphere at Bennett Rink when, you know, on oh, that yeah. Thursday and that Saturday, the, the atmosphere is fantastic. So, you know, it's hard to duplicate that. So I, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of it. A lot of the above levels do it. Um, I actually like it. We've been striving to get there all year long. So like I said, it's one of our goals. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just something that I think is going to be very exciting if we can get there and uh, something we're actually very much looking forward to if we could uh, – you know, if we can be fortunate enough to get in. Yeah, for sure. So and I'm going to ask you this because I've seen some rumblings and not that there's any truth to these, but I figure someone who's been around as much as you have been around high school hockey that you might have a good answer for this. Okay. What would you say if they uh, consolidated down to Division One, Division Two across the state, got rid of Division Three? You know, I think you're – there's some teams, and I think this was the situation when they broke out to Division Three. There's some teams that are going to be at the bottom of two that really have no shot the day one that the season opens up of winning really anything. Mm-hmm. I think that was what we saw when we were just Division One and Division Two. And when I was at St. Bernard's, that's what it was, right? It was one, it was mm-hmm. two. Not only that, if you didn't win 50% of your games, you didn't get in regardless yeah. of trying to fill the field. So I think you just leave out some teams that either traditionally aren't in hockey markets or traditionally don't have good youth programs or as in Southeastern Connecticut, even though Randy's done such a good job up there, you know, you have one youth hockey that covers 50 miles. It gives those guys, it gives everyone I do believe in all divisions an opportunity to win it when day one opens up. I think if you consolidate back to one and two, I don't think you have that anymore. I think you go back to some teams having no shot after, say, week one. And I think it just kind of helps grow the sport, keep the sport. You know, there's nothing like high school sports. Yep. You could play better levels. You could play better competition. But for us, one of the reasons why I went to North Haven and a couple of kids teetered on whether they were going to play for us this year, our student body fills an entire section. Yeah. We had the band come to our scene. <laughs> nice. The atmospheres in our building are fantastic. Like you can't ask for a better experience. And I think to not have teams be able to strive for that right out of the gate, I think might be a disservice to some schools. Oh, sure. Um, no, it's good. I, I saw some rumblings. People like, oh, we got to consolidate. I'm like, ah. you know, you look at it. It's like D2 is really good this year. You know, D3 should be pretty good. And D1 is wide open. So why would we right. change anything? Right. And they try and help you with strength of schedule. So I think the point system in a way does work. I mean, it's certainly way better than it was that first year when you had, you know, hand playing for division three, I think, and hand and Cheshire, I think played for the division three title that year based on points or something (laughs) crazy or whatever it was. was Uh, Right. That was a little rough, but I think they've corrected it. And I, I, for what it is and not mandating people's schedules, I think the system's pretty good as we uh, sit here today. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, Coach, thank you so much uh, for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, you know, you got four four more games than the tourney, so you know, good luck uh, to you and your team, and, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having uh, having me on. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, Coach. Good to talk to you. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, later. Take it easy. Thanks again. 
to North Haven coach Chris Savina for joining the show. He's been everywhere. Like when you said, you know, he was coming on, I, I did a little uh, research into his him and his career, and he's been everywhere. Yep. I remember talking to him years ago at St. Bernard and then uh, seeing him at Staples, and then he uh, he'd worked at Webster Beck Arena too for a little bit. So I ran. Into, I, I never actually <laughs> met him. I was talking to this guy one day in the back of the house, and I, I'm cursing about. Uh, uh, wait, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're the hockey coach. Wait a minute. <laughs> so St. Bernard, right? So mm-hmm. it's St. Bernard, right? Not St. Bernard. I but the mascot that's... is a St. Bernard. Well, it should be. It is. But I'm just saying. So when I see the mascot, I like, oh, St. Bernard. But it's St. Bernard. But I'm thinking of like Beethoven, the movie. Mm. That 90s movie. That was a classic. All right. Quick. uh, Let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule. Obviously, the big one this week is prep, Notre Dame. Mike and I will be there. Um, It's really, for them, this is just feeling each other out until, you know, I'm pretty... They could they could very well meet in the SEC final. As yeah, well. that's and what I was gonna say. They're uh, gonna yep. meet in the SEC yeah, it's finals. It's almost they locked might... up. It's not quite, but it, it's almost. I think they played four times last year. Uh, no, three. They, they, they played it three was, times Hamden, last year because Hamden, 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 yeah, Hamden, Hamden won. won. Um, so that round two of what could possibly be four. Mm-hmm. Uh, prep Notre Dame, Northwest Catholic at Hamden. I, I think this is a game Hamden Hamden should win. Um, they just confuse me. Still a little. Wrote the uh, notebook about them. Called up Todd mostly because I wanted to check on that. Uh, there were reports that his goalie had been credited with a goal, and I was very <laughs> disappointed that he wasn't. <laughs> Even Todd was saying, you know, I was, I was looking at the video trying to see if there was any excuse for it. And it was just, yeah, wait, what happened on that? So it, it was a delayed penalty. Uh, Notre Dame pulled uh, pulled Connor Smith for the extra mm-hmm. attacker, and just a pass, you know, the pass the went awry that kind of went all the way all the way down and ended up in the back of the net and. Uh, I guess uh, Craig Caesar was the was the closest to it, and that's uh, that's that's who actually got credit. Ah, I guess that's dumb. Twenty five <laughs> instead of thirty five, I guess was the uh, was part of the confusion. But uh-huh. uh, that's yeah. wild. Well, but we yeah, saw but, that. But yeah, talking to him, you know, he was saying, you know, he, he was missing three of his his top three defensemen as, as far as uh, you know minutes played against against Notre Dame. You know, he said, you know, obviously the score is not what we want, but. Just to compete, the battle that they had, the energy that they came with, the with what they gave him, you know, he was he was very impressed with with his kids, and uh, you know, you get some guys back, maybe hopefully, maybe they can put. Yeah, some I was going to say, if they can get healthy by I mean, the time some good tournament, teams, they have, yeah, yeah, they, they have some, beaten some good some teams. If they can get healthy by the tournament, they'll be fresh. Yep. Um, so I think that's a game they're gonna they should win. Um, looking at the rest of Saturday, Brantford WMRP, that's a big one in D two. I don't think it's as big as we thought it would be. Um, not that WMRP isn't that good. I just think Brantford is that good. Could be. I think they are unbelievable. I mean, this is a team that literally brought everybody back from last year, except mm-hmm. for, like, two kids. And they were good kids, like Robbie Leonetti. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think Brantford is so, so good. Um, and then, you know, New Canaan, Simsbury. Simsbury is going to be on the road a lot towards mm-hmm. the end of this year. Uh, they need to get back on track. And then the big one, obviously, is Lyman Hall at Sheehan. The game will be played at Wesleyan. I know you're going to be there for the nightcap. I, so. I won't be. Um, but that's always that's always one of my favorite games to go to. I think it'll be my first one, too, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's aside from that one last year in New Haven. But, uh, oh, yeah, you know, the state that, championship. I, kind of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one's a good one. It's always packed and... 
you know, it's so lame to say, but, you know, you throw the records out the window. But it's true. They tied last time 5-5. Um, so this one should be a good one. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, Lyman Hall keeps getting better. We yeah. we see this Lyman Hall team has gotten better every single game that they've played. Is it enough to beat their rival Sheehan? Or, I, you know, if I'm predicting... I think we'll see another 5-5, five, 6-5, five, five. Mm-hmm. just a lot of goals. Get mm-hmm. prepared for a big box score. Yep. Um, so that rounds out Saturday. Monday, ooh, Monday morning, 11.30. Oh, that's right. It's President's Week. Yep. It is President's Week. New Canaan Xavier early in the morning Monday. Ooh. Uh, Hall Southern Kinshian, good D3 game. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're kind of getting towards the end. You know, Richfield's playing Notre Dame West Haven mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Um, there's a lot of good games that these teams are trying to ramp up heading into the tournament. Right. Uh, Richfield Darien end next Friday, but we'll talk about that mm-hmm. next week. Mike, do you have anything you'd like to add before we sign off? No, I think you covered it, man. All right. It's pretty good. I think we got it. I think we're done. I think we need to go home and rest. I'm exhausted. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys later. We'll see you guys on Saturday at Bennett. And even though Notre Dame West Haven might pay rent, they beat West Haven, so they own that building right now. Boom. See you guys later. Bye.